Hello, this is Lucan, and this is what happened last time. The stone faces under Wood's End told us that the elven kingdom called Edhalon may hold the answers to healing the incurable wounds plaguing the city. We realized there were still fallen silver swords in our portable hull, so we buried them at the center of the shrine. From that spot, a tree grew, and the gnomish bounty hunter who had attacked Merc the night before discovered us and the shrine, and laid down his arms. Clearly enraptured by the place, he gave us another bloodstone, which he had been using to track Merc, and Relot began working to unlock his secrets. He and Merc hoped to use it to track similar stones around the city. Zan and I did some investigation, spying on the Order of Law, and gathering intelligence on the local Inquisitor, and after a lot of discussion about whether or not to go to the elves, or stay and confront Asher Wolnir, we left it in Lucian's hands. At the base of the tree, in the underground shrine, Zan received the answer from the God of Light. I didn't hear what she was told, but upon her suggestion, Relop used sigils from the elven spellbook in his possession to teleport us into a dense, dark forest. Somewhere in the morning of Luminum 13, you are standing in the middle of a thick patch of forest. There was teleportation circle here, but as you look around, there's, there doesn't seem to be anything man-made. You know, maybe it's on the ground underneath the scrub. But again, this is dark scene. The, the canopy above you is very thick. Trees are pretty tight together. And there's lots of birds fluttering around above you. And everybody's there. Just have teleported in. You kind of look around. It's kind of windy. There's a little bit of a whistle coming with that wind as it goes through the trees. Just about to break the silence, you hear this sort of creaking noise. And one of the trees kind of bends down like, like it's falling at the, you know, halfway up. It sort of bends at the waist. And this face sort of appears out of it you wouldn't have noticed until it started moving and it says visitors to the wood the figure is this big tree easily a hundred feet tall and he's definitely got some scorching all down one side looks like he's been burnt at different times uh yes yes so we are more like traitors we're here to gain something and i am sure we'll have to leave something in exchange I've been placed here as sentinel. Is that the word? Talks to himself in a second in Sylvan. Relapse speaks Sylvan, right? Yeah, I speak Sylvan. So you, you basically hear him work his way through the language. He, he started in common. It's like he's talking to himself. He seems to call himself a name as he, as he does it. He's just sort of r- running through different phrases, like he's been taught to say certain things. But he seems to call himself Maraparo. And in your understanding of the language, it sounds like he's calling himself Black Bark. Business with the elves? Yes, are they near? He kind of blanks out. You're not sure if he's going to answer. And when he stops talking, it's hard to figure out where his face would be. It becomes this picture of Bark. Uh, near enough. He says, it's been a long time since I've been summoned. There's a sequence that you've 
been given, correct? Yes. So you must be very important. No, we're just looking for the queen. She's the important one. (laughs) Well, come with me. You'll want to be off the fourth floor, I'm sure. He kind of reaches out. He's got these two arms that extend from his, you know, from his branches above. And he reaches out with these giant palms, kind of a motion of like, well, get on. (laughs) Lucan's excited. He gets on. (laughs) Can't wait to ride that tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Dan will hop on. Hog will climb on and find a nice little crook in some branches. I'll climb on as well. And for lack of a better description, you know, you're sort of on his shoulders. But yeah, you know, it's like this gnarl of things. And again, it becomes hard to figure out where his face is when he starts moving along. And you hear the sound as his foot hits the ground. But you would kind of expect it to shake, you know, like a giant walking through. And it doesn't seem to do that exactly as he walks. What you think, because as he brings you up too, you get a little bit of a better light up here because of the, you're higher, you know, closer to the canopy and sort of in the midst of things. And when he walks through, you see that he has a way of sifting between the trees. It's a little bit like he almost curves around the trees when he walks, so he's not disturbing the other trees as he moves. So what are your names? I am Lucan, the champion of light. And this is my sister, Zan. And this is Relop, this is Merc, and this is Hulk. He says, Relop. Yes? You you smell a little bit of Firebird. Don't have any, anything like that with you, do you? I do not have such a creature on my person. I'm familiar with one. Don't love Firebirds. They can be troublesome. However, I mean to train one. I'm going to go ahead and pull out the jug and see if I can't get it to summon salt water while I'm talking to him and whatnot. 10% chance of failure? Yeah, I'll roll that just in case something weird happens. So, All right, so what are you doing with the salt water? I'm going to put it in 12 jugs because I have 12 jugs. Okay. Actually, I have 25, I believe. So you're just like hanging these jugs off of the branches of this walking tree? No, I'm going to try and put them in the portable hole. Once I fill them, I'm going to try and put them in the portable hole. You still have that other bag, The haversack? Yeah. Yeah, because the portable hole, like you got to lay that guy out. You know what I mean? You don't just like unfold it. Like it's got to be like a hole. You got to put it out. But you can put it in the the (laughs) other bag for now. Put it on the side of the tree and see what happens. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Ah! Like it's it, it, it's one of those things where I I don't think that sure. would necessarily work just sort of like on the move. You got to put okay. it on the floor, you know. All right, I'll transfer them that night then. But sure, cool. Yeah, you know, and he kind of grumbles to himself like, "Well, I guess a trained firebird is better than a one that isn't trained," and kind of grumbles to himself a little bit. And Sylvan, so you're walking along for. Probably, you know, he he makes a lot of ground really quickly through here. And it's probably been about a half an hour. And at one point, you can see just the peak of a mountain through the canopy. And it's sort of to your to the east. At this point, you've you've turned a little bit north from where you started. And then sort of out of nowhere, he says, I'm going to need you to be quiet now. And he just stops. 
and it's like he becomes a tree again. You're just sitting in a tree, and you realize that the birds around you have gotten quiet, and you hear some cracking branches, twigs cracking along the ground level. And through the brush comes a group of gnolls, much like you dealt with before. And they are moving really quickly, like they're tracking something. In fact, something that seems like it's going your direction. They're moving your direction. They're going to go past this tree that you're in. And just as they, about half of them get by, there's probably about a dozen of them. And just as they get about halfway past the tree, he comes to life and stomps on the on the two leaders with one foot blood spurts out of both sides of his of his foot and just sort of sort of out of nowhere like everybody sort of has to hold on to the tree as he annihilates this pack of gnolls quietly right doesn't yell out anything he just wipes them out until there's barely bodies left like he just annihilates them nice and as you're all sort of holding on, it's almost like he becomes a tree again. He shakes a little bit, leaves and stuff go flying from him. And then he just starts moving again, wordlessly. Well, that's one way to get rid of gnolls. Efficient. Quite. Does that happen often here? He says, well, there's... Pack is always concern. My understanding... And again, it's been a long, long time since I've been called. But my understanding is that they've become an issue uh, largely to the east. Something about the beast. The beast is in Ragadag? What do you yes. know about... What can you tell us about Ragadag? As well, when the, when the Tandrians started moving into the wood, the elves decided it would be a one of the ways that they could deter the giants was to bring the beast into the wood. But the beast became more than they could handle. Mm. And then the hunter appeared and became even more of an issue. How long ago was this? Do you, do you know? He says, I don't know how, how long I've stood there. But you see his face sort of for a second as he... He scans the group and he says, lifetimes for you. Hmm. Go a little bit further. And again, you made a lot of, a lot of time, but it would have taken you forever to get as far as you just got. Could maybe estimate that you have probably gone at least somewhere in the realm of 30 miles from where you started. And he stops and he says, I have to take my place again. It's been nice talking to visitors again. It was nice meeting you. You take care now. Did did we get a name from him? Yeah, I don't remember it, but... Uh, he said it in Sylvan, but I don't know if anybody told us. Are you asking him, or are you just asking... Were you just asking I, I was just kind of asking. It's Maraparo, isn't it? Marap- yeah. Yes. Maraparo. Yeah, he kind of like puts his eyebrows up, you know, and at least what path for eyebrows and says, yes, Maraparo fumbles with it for a second. Black Bark smiles a little bit at that because he's translated it for you. Thank you for the ride. Where do we go from here? The branches lead you everywhere. 
you know, the branch pull away from him and become these hands that he has. And he kind of grabs you all. And it's not exactly comfortable, but he's not rough with you necessarily either. He actually places, you kind of expect he's going to put you back down on the ground, but he puts you up on platform. At first, you think he's just putting you up into a tree and you're going to figure out how to get down. And you realize that it's it's a platform in which the branches have sort of been formed. You know, it's like a living platform formed out of this tree. Before his uh, appendage lets me go, Hoga will go ahead and he's going to just tie a colorful ribbon around the one branch that was carrying him. Okay. So you all, you know, it's sort of like platform around like an e- the Ewok village or something, you know, where you've got this surrounding this big tree and it leads off and see that you've got walkway that you could follow. And it also, once you're there, you realize that it looks a lot like what you saw in the mirror in the All Faith Shrine. And they had told you that that was kind of an image of Edhalon. And he starts moving very quickly away and you're standing in front of this walkway. I'll look around. Do I notice, like, are we being watched by anyone in particular? I'll make a perception test. New die. <laughs> Who dis? Boom. Thank you, Dan White. So with perception, that will be a 31. Holy cow. You know, you, you can see off in the distance some sort of big cat that knows you're up there, but he's pretty far away. He's on a branch too, but it's kind of a lower level. And you also notice a lot of, there's a lot of birds up here. And so you've, you've had a few experiences with birds watching throughout the, your different experiences, but you don't necessarily think that any, you know, other than the fact that there's a wild animal that can't get to you, you don't think there's anything necessarily keep an eye on you. You are a little bit perplexed by a little antlered bird about the size of a sparrow because it keeps disappearing like it pops in and out of existence land on a little branch and then it'll just blink out and it'll pop up on another branch somewhere else okay Uh, i will definitely make note of that i'll point out some of the other ones to the rest of the party uh overall though it looks like we're relatively alone at the moment this looks like the place right we're we're here what it looks like. We're somewhere. Let's go look around. Does there seem to be any places to get up into the trees? You know, because there is a walkway here and you're, you know, you're up in the trees kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't look like you have a lot of different options. He's put you at some sort of place where it's like you've got, you know, one real option, one, one path to follow rather than, or other than trying to get down, I guess. Let's follow the one path. Yeah, All right. Don't have much of a choice, so forward. <laughs> hey, Relap, you have Featherfall ready available, right? <laughs> I do. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that foils my plans. So you follow this walkway, and there are spots on it. There isn't enough railing as you would like, right? Like there's spots where you just have to be a little bit careful as you go. And then you do come to kind of around the corner of a tree. There's a piece that's been sort of torn out and there's some clawing on the bark. Go ahead and make perception tests. Everyone? Whoever, whoever would like Seven. to. Seven. Yeah. 30. 
I don't know why I make him roll. I'll just tell hold everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Passive perception is 21. 15. So Holg can see that for one thing, it seems as though this has been missing for a while. Like there's, there's wearing on the side of it. It doesn't look like it's just recently been ripped out. However, you do also notice that there are some footprints. There's a little bit of dust, you know, like the, the rain has, has kind of kicked up some dirt in the, in this spot. And you can see that there are, footprints that you think are pretty pretty recent along this walkway kind of going in the direction you're going hmm. yeah I'll uh, kind of stand up walk over by like the footprints and you know, point them out and like somebody's been around here humanoid psychic yeah, th- yeah they look humanoid you make a survival check anybody if you wanted to try to <laughs> discern more information about them not so much there <laughs> They don't like three-toed, like, cobalt or anything, right? Or Padrax. No, they, yeah, they look, look like there's probably shoes of some sort. I got a 22. They look they're to Jordans. be your size. <laughs> you don't think they're elf feet. You think they're smaller. These are definitely not elven or human. Hmm. Well, wood gnomes would want to be here, right? Forest gnomes? They would get along with the elves. I don't see why they wouldn't. Relop, after Zan says that, it kind of strikes a memory and you, you've sort of talked about the fact that you've met, met an elf queen as a child and everybody sort of shrugged you off, but this is somehow familiar. Not enough to give you anything real specific, but like, oh. Do I know the translation of Edelon? Is that the name? Edelon, yeah. The, the, I mean, the closest thing would be the queendom. Okay. Oh, we haven't heard it referred to as anything else? I don't think so. Kind of those two things and the whole ed thing at the beginning of it there's there's a route that's similar with sylvan that you think has to do with people like maybe queendom of the people or something like that is probably the root of it well the tree mentioned he hadn't moved <laughs> in a while so they must have come from a different direction they weren't carried here by him hmm. the gnomes skilled climbers or, or were on the outskirts of their town maybe this could be a joint settlement between the elves and the forest gnomes? We'll find out, I suppose. Let's keep moving. Start following that path. As you walk along, it seems to go more into disarray. Like, you know, that was kind of the first sign of sort of a lack of maintenance almost, is what you start to see. And there are definitely scratches and scrapes. You know, some some beasts of sorts have messed up this area. I mean, you have seen some big cats along the branches below you. And you come to a spot where it actually does path branches into a couple spots and it sort of moves through hollows and trees. And when you walk you're know, up to the, one of the entrances of the, of the, one of the trees, you know, kind of looking at it like a building, it's clear that nobody has been here for a very long time. Like this was maybe a guard post at one point. It's full of dust. There's some bats that kind of skitter above you as you kind of peek into the darkness. But you still continue to see footprints. And now, and you know, because Relapse looking too, and he's got some tracking experience, there's definitely smaller figures and there's a big one. Big in the sense humanoid, like, you know, at the very least, your size. Mm. Still coming that direction, still probably pretty recent. 
there's been rain and it's not really wet up here, but there's been rain relatively recently. And there's all these little circles of dirt that have been created by the rain. And they've been messed up by these feet that come by. These little circles are, are being swept away with the feet. Do they appear to be barefoot? Do they appear to be wearing boots? They seem to be wearing boots. The big one definitely has boots on. What a great place for an ambush. All right. We have no choice but to press forward and see if we can find something, anything. And Merc starts walking down the path. You find a couple more of those hollowed out trees, branches off in a couple places. Uh, You know, and you really kind of get the impression that this is, at least this area is largely abandoned, other than the fact that you've got these footprints that are running along in your direction. You come around a corner, you know, because this kind of wraps around trees and things. And so sometimes you sort of walk around and these are big trees. So you sort of walk around like, you know, like a building and then come around to reveal where the path is going. And on the other side of the tree, there is, for lack of a better description, it's effectively a courtyard. Remember, this is all done with branches that are creating these walkways. And this is a bunch of branches that come together and create octagon flooring. And there's some little gaps here and there in between the branches, but for the most part, it's a solid floor. And in fact, there is in the center of it, what looks to be, it's a tree trunk, a little smaller than the rest of them, but it kind of looks like a well or something, or like a well or a fountain. And just past that well, you see there's a bunch of action going on. You come, you basically come around and there are bodies laying around on floor while these little winged figures are eating at the bodies, blood all over their faces. But pretty quickly, you can see what you've got is like a bunch of goblins. And in fact, one of them, there's this big face kind of facing your way just past the well. Relop and Merc have had firsthand ex- experiences from their childhood. There's a bugbear laying there, and he's being eaten by this little fairy-like thing. They're probably a little bigger than you would expect, like a fairy or something, to be there. They're almost as big as Relop, but they have these little sort of moth-like wings. They have kind of grayish skin. It's a little bit translucent, kind of a plasticky kind of sheen to their skin. And they're these cute little things, except that they're munching down on these goblins. And when you come across, they they look up and bare their teeth at you. And they have these really sharp, feral looking teeth. So they go from like this pretty little fairy type creature. And when they see that you've come around the corner there, they bare their teeth with all this blood and gore all over them. And they look very different. Everybody roll their initiatives. Do I recognize creatures? Go ahead and roll a nature check. 20 for nature. You do know what these things are. They are called Tia Fair. Basically like ambushers. They're scary little things and they come from the Fey. They jump in and out and move back and forth from the Fey Wild into the wood. Yeah, you don't like them. You actually haven't really dealt with them directly, but you've certainly heard stories. All right, so Lucan, there are seven of these TFR. There are a okay. bunch of bodies laying around, which might cause us a little bit of problem just for because these things fly, mm-hmm. and you've got a, bodies that might cause some issues with movement. So we'll just sort of I'm going to keep that in mind as we 
move around if that makes sense just as far as like slowing yep. you down or one yep. nice thing is that you've caught them on this octagon which is much better than if you found them on one of those walkways can i get to one at the moment with my sword or i think the, actually the one that's on the bugbear like i said she just was right behind the well i think you could just go right up because they're all on the other side of there so you'd be right to the left of the well and you'd be able to charge her she's okay. kind of the closest one to you all right He's going to charge in and take a swing. He's quiet on the first swing just to try to get him so they don't fly away. And uh, he's just going to thrust forward. I got a 27 to hit. That'll hit. 17 damage. Come in. They're small, so you kind of wonder if you could just cut them in half or something. But you you go to hit it. She moves really quickly. You also recognize, too, for some reason, they are all they all seem to be female. Maybe not, but that's okay. the way it appears to you. And when you go to swing, she definitely has pretty quick movement like this almost blurs for a second but like you do definitely catch her with that am i able to um, hit her with the am i able to swing again a, with my second attack yeah yeah for sure can i come in swing through you get her good but this little figure seems to have a little more staying power than maybe she appears he's gonna spin around and do a spinning sw swing on her on this nice. time around and i uh, shouldn't have done that probably i rolled a 14 14 will miss all right, so swing, and then the second one, she kind of darts out of the way, or, you know, just sort of right above you. She hasn't actually gone yet, so it's not like she's flying away, but fluttering in front of you like a hummingbird or something. He lifts his shield up, anticipating a big swarm coming in. Merc is next. Lacan, maybe we can negotiate. I guess negotiations are over. <laughs> He'll uh, just, like, walk over to the side and stop and be like why are we fighting them and that's, that's his turn a, like like that's uh, a good question <laughs> <laughs> but right. he gets out of the way of everybody else to stay okay. and re relap i should probably point out like what you're going to go after him but when you hear that your knowledge of these things is that you should probably kill them like yeah no I, yeah i'm waiting like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you you just heard him say oh, that yeah. and so they are going to go and they basically start to fan up all their wings go up you know and they come up they all have blood going down the front of them because they've been eating at these things and they all just very quickly pull these little bows but again it might might be cute if it wasn't you know pointed at you they're basically going to the one right in front of lucan is definitely going to to try to try to take a swing there she's going to back out from you do you want to have an opportunity attack at her yeah i'll do that yeah so go ahead and take it because she's that's exactly what she's doing she's going to try to get out of melee range from you all right he takes a quick swing and roll the 17 that'll hit and that would be for 15 points of damage okay you catch her as she comes out but like they've just got a, a more to them than it than it appears she pulls back and she takes a shot so she's gonna she's gonna sure. hit you with an arrow. <laughs> it does seven points of piercing damage, and you're almost like, really? That's what we're gonna deal with. And then you have to take a wisdom saving throw. All right, twenty six. Nice. All right. Well, a little arrow hits you, and you're kind of like, okay, let's see what happens. Two more are gonna okay. shoot at you. One hits the uh, well next to you, you know, this sort of hollowed out tree, but the other one is going to hit. Go ahead and this time make a, a, yeah, another, it's a wisdom saving throw. All right. This time a 13. You're immune to fear, aren't you? Yep, yep. Yeah, you yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with it. That's what she chose and, and you, you would have been fearful, but she doesn't, but nope. <laughs> right, and so two, two, oh, I'm sorry. I got to do the damage though. 
Oh. <laughs> At least the damage isn't going to be crazy, but they do have some weird stuff going on with their, you know, they can make you fearful and other things. Uh, okay, so that's going to do seven points of damage as well. So okay. two little arrows hit him. The ones in the back are going to try to shoot. They're all sort of picking random targets in a sense, just to, to try to pepper everybody back and, you know, sort of back everybody off. But rather than focusing on the guy up front, so Merc, one of them shoots your direction, and it goes right past you. Another one shoots at Relop, and it misses. Holg, wow, misses. And then one at Zan, so they're kind of going for the group here. Zan, what's your AC right now? 20, I think. Yep, yep. So, that, so basically a bunch of misses, and that was five plus... Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay, so we basically just spread it out among everybody. A few of them went towards Lucan, and wow, that was a pretty uh, ridiculously ineffective moment for that group. So we'll see what happens. Relap, it's your turn. Are they airborne now and out of reach? Yes, they they have all backed off, and they are basically within bow shots. So they're trying to keep within that at this point. Sure. So you're looking at. I mean, it's not terrible, but because they can fly, they yeah. are not necessarily having to keep on the walkways. So they're looking at about from Lucan, they're somewhere in the range of 40 feet from him. Other people were farther, which could have been why they missed because it was a little farther range. Looks like they back off and just sort of wildly shot. Pull out some piece of fur and some silver pins and my crystal rod and cast chain lightning on four of them. Nice. So it's a dexterity saving through uh, 18 DC. Is one of them the one that has already hit, just so I know? Yeah. So uh, one of them passed, the other one did not, including the one that Lucan already hit. Okay, uh, everyone except for the one that passed takes 50 points of damage, the other one takes 25. Nice. All right, Lucan, the one that's in front of you, lightning strikes her, and she kind of does a little herky-jerky and she falls into the well. The others that uh, get hit with that are definitely do the same little dance, but they don't quite drop. And then I look over to Merc and say, this is exactly why we fight them. All right, hold her up. All right, is anyone currently engaged by one? Actually, no, because they all backed off. They're all, uh-huh. even the, well, I guess she, she's gone now, but the other six are spread out. They've just really just sort of fanned out and they're floating about 40 feet away from Lucan. I will actually go uh, back to back with Lucan and just basically ready a strike for anyone that gets close enough to be within striking distance. Okay. All right, Zan, you're up. So there are six left. Mm-hmm. Channel through her sword and cast Banishment at fifth level. So she'll just pick two ones that are the furthest away, and they need okay. to make DC 18 charisma saves. Gotcha. You get to t- target two at sixth level. Cool. Two, uh, it's, at fourth level, it's one. At fifth level, it's two. It's nice. plus one target per level above. So the sword, Ooh. glowing sword effect will go around bo- behind both of them and swallow them if they get it. If All right, they- yeah. Both of them, this thing comes through and just... We are looking currently at four of them. And they don't even know what hit them. You know, just the light kind of comes from behind them and the sword just almost envelops them and it dissipates. I'm just going to move closer to Lucan. I'll be 10 feet away from him, but give room for people to move around if they need to. Uh, Lucan, you're up. 
they are about 40 feet from me at this point and they're and that you can't necessarily charge them because they are not keeping themselves on the walkway okay i'm gonna throw tempest okay uh, just remember you're on you're 100 feet up in the air right oh i'll lose tempest okay i'll start uh maneuvering towards them and okay just kind of get, getting to the edge in the hopes that they'll yeah anticipate an attack yeah all right merc you're up so they're murderous got it i will <laughs> pull out you're just piecing this together aren't you <laughs> I mean, they killed goblins. How bad could they really be? I pull out Judgment, and as I'm loading it, I walk closer to one of them, and when I'm mm-hmm. about 30 feet away, I'll take my shot. Does a 17 hit. It does. 10 points of damage. Okay, are we going for one that already had lightning affect them? I would have just been going towards one of the, the closest one to me. I would have been particular. Yeah, I mean, that, that. That, that makes sense because of the chain lightning thing. So, so all right. All right hits her and she screams and her you know kind of bears her fangs again still up but it's funny be, you know because like when they do bear their fangs their faces just scrunch up and like it starts off very beautiful and then as soon as she decides that she's upset with you or that she wants to sh- show you that she's a threat it becomes very scary all right it's their turn she's definitely going to shoot a merc lucan a couple of them are shooting your direction and that's actually it right because we got four we're dealing with right now because two of them are missing so they have basically focused their attention at merc and lucan there are two arrows that bounce off of their armor but then each of you get one arrow that hits merc you're going to take seven points of damage and lucan you're going to take nine points of damage and then both of you need to take a wisdom saving throw you get a plus three mark if you're within 10 feet. He is. I, I got a 14. I got an 18 before any bonuses. I. <laughs> All right, Lucan, you have just succumbed to hideous laughter. <laughs> and so that you, you basically just start laughing uncontrollably and you are incapacitated for... Wow, it doesn't even give you an option to break out of it either. It's just... You're incapacitated for five rounds. Incapacitated in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> he suckers just are starts, fighting. Just starts screaming <laughs> the, like this laughter. <laughs> uh, in sort of this hideous way, right? Like everybody's kind of creeped out as Lucan laughs himself silly. So he's going to lay there for a while and, and laugh himself silly. Your sword in the meantime is like, let's go, let's go, what say? And just like, as you're laughing, you're hearing your knights fall, freak out, like, what are you doing? Effectively coming out of his, <laughs> out of the sword because he doesn't understand why you would stop and laugh. And it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. And it's the funniest <laughs> thing you've ever heard. And it is Brelop's turn. Mutter a couple of words under my breath and cast Scorching Ray at third level splitting it between two of them so two on each 14 and 24 18 twice and 18's hit yep all right first one gets hit for ooh, 12 points and the second okay. one gets hit 19 all right both of them still up it's it, it, these corkscrews hit them and they kind of scream out and snarl at you with these teeth but they're still fluttering away up there that brings us to hold all right so none are near me but Lucan over here is laughing his butt off. Now is not the time for humor, and I am just going <laughs> to hack-hand him. 
<laughs> All right. You can roll the... No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> Lucan will give you a point of damage, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> All right. There's a sneak attack uh, slap, so let's see. Here. Yeah, plus 5d6. 7d6, bud. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get sneak attack in this fight somehow. <laughs> it's going to happen. If it has to be against Lucan. Mm-hmm. So be it. All right, Zane, you're up. You're concentrating on Banish. Yeah. But you've got, we've still got four of these bad boys floating around here. Or uh, these the, bad girls. The one that Merc just shot at that's a little bit more damage than the others. Mm-hmm. She'll, uh, Sacred Flame. Sacred Flame. I don't even have to say it anymore. <laughs> Mark, did, was that Mark? It was yeah. me. Nice. Cavens let him do it. Was it. A, it was like a nostalgic reaction. Is that the first time you've ever done that? <laughs> Probably. That's funny. De- Dex 18. I'm assuming these things are dexterous, but... Yes, yep, 18, 18 she gets, or she okay. she meets. So, so. Yeah, she'll, she'll move forward and attempt to grab Lucan and pull him back away from the front of the fight yeah. while he's giggling like crazy and trying to... <laughs> yeah, make you a little, <laughs> honestly, it's a little, little bit of concern that he might roll yep. himself off the edge, you know? Yep, so she's holding on so, to him. All right, we see this pillar of light shoot down, but like it darts out of the way. Yeah, um, she was it, covering fire while she was grabbing an injured soldier at the front line and pulling him backwards. Sure. She just kind of fires it off randomly to try to move him away. And the more they move, the more you are reminded of hummingbirds in this in the way that you know they sort they're darting sort of back and forth. Sure. Hmm. Back up to Luke and he is laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Merc, I guess check that off. What did we end up with? Like five rounds? He said what was five rounds. Round? Yeah, holy cow, five rounds. So I can now you five rounds. Got oh, four more. Merc's turn. Sure, I will pull out judgment and take another shot. Same one, I'm assuming. Yeah, why not? Twenty-five. Yeah. So I am going to burn a superiority dice because I was reading it. It says weapon attack, not specifying what type of weapon. And that will give me 11 points of damage, and I'm going to use Menacing Attack, so Wisdom DC 17. So that bullet is going to finish her off, actually. So this bullet hits her right between the eyes. You know, we see this. Remember, they have this kind of gray skin, and so you get this dark hole, you know, no red blood or anything from it. And just for a second, that snarling, toothy face looks very sweet and sad. And then it just drops to the ground below. And another one bites the dust. All right. So it's their turn. There's only a couple of them here. She's going to shoot at Merc. The other one is going to shoot at Relop. Merc, she's going to hit. Relop, she misses you. Bounces off of the ground in front of you. I figure Zan's probably the other target since we got the banishment thing. So let's see. Nope, just misses you. All right, so another arrow comes your direction, Zan, as you're holding your laughing brother. That's your cue, Brian. <laughs> no. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> All right, so, Merc, you're going to take eight points of damage, and you got to take a wisdom saving throw. 16. Nice. All right, so nothing happens. Arrow hits you, and relapse turn. Quick environmental question. How humid is it here? There's probably a lot of water in the air, I think. It's fall, so it's cool. There's probably a good amount of water in the air, if that's what you're asking. Uh, are they all 
clumped together or are they fairly well spaced out at this point? No, yeah, they're spacing themselves out. 20 feet is probably about appropriate between okay. each other. Yep. So you could okay. hit two with a fireball. Yeah, fire that off. X30, 18. One made it, one did. 33 points of damage. So at this point, we have one of them that looks pretty rough. She's still there, but man, like that fireball about put her, like she, she almost wavers for a second, before, you know, and like pulls herself back up. And then the other one doesn't look all that much better. And then we still at this point have effectively a fresh one. But those two that you just hit are like on the edge. And that brings us to Holg. Standing next to a laughing Lucan. I'm going to take my dagger and I'm going to pitch a dagger at one of them. Okay. It's going to be AC 28. That'll hit. 10 damage. Guess what? Sails dagger gets air. her right, right in the heart. Her wings sort of flap in front of her for a second and she falls to the ground with a little bit of a scream for a second until she sputters out. You got Are her. They fall on the branch that we're no they're on? falling dropping the hundred feet because uh, they're that's what they're doing one they're might be dropping stuff. a bow on the branch or something oh gotcha well they're kind of tiny like they're little things that wouldn't probably work very well for you well there goes my dagger <laughs> yeah mark off the dagger <laughs> and i'm out <laughs> all right zan you're up there's one that looks pretty rough and there's one that nobody's really touched yet all right, so Lucana is incapacitated. Is that right? Yes, that's a that's yeah. He's the, he's prone she, and incapacitated. She's trying to keep him from moving around too much and just trying to keep him stable so it doesn't fall over the edge a hundred feet. Sure. And she's just gonna hold him to the side and cast her hand out and try to hit that really rough one with a, another sacred flame. Okay. Step on his head. Ooh, ooh, she failed it. Time, and the damage is sixteen. 16, we'll do it. All right, you hit, hit this other one. She actually was just on the edge of one of the branches, and so she just hits it on her way down in a terrible crunch <laughs> and flips, you know, her body just goes into a flipping motion as it goes down towards the ground, and everybody hears the thud and gets a little sickened. But Lucan laughs about it. All right, we got two in banishment, but they're still. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No, he's going to laugh again. <laughs> I was going to, and I, I was yeah. muted. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. all right. So there's still still one here that's pretty fresh and doing banishment, and we go back up to the top, which is Lucan, and now it's your turn to... <laughs> <laughs> and Merc's turn. We got one left there. Not really touched, uh, but she's kind of floating... Probably she was the one that was a little further than the rest, and so she's at this point probably about sixty feet from you. I mean, I don't know how smart you are. I say as I slowly put the round into the pistol and snap it shut. But now would be the time to run in a point and shoot. All right. Does a sixteen hit? It does. Yep. And I'm going to expend another superiority dice. And that will be 18 points of damage, and she owes me a wisdom save or be afraid. So you're not sure whether or not that making her afraid thing necessarily worked. You know, it might have been that. It might have been the fact that she is completely outnumbered, but she starts flying away. And when she flies away, 
We're talking like zip, like she's just out of there. And you are standing among all these dead goblins. There's no little fairies to be seen because they all drop to the to the ground. And then we've got two that are going to pop back in in the next 40 seconds or something like that. So standing here amongst all this carnage that they have left behind. And just as you sort of start moving towards, you know, it takes a second. Lucan finally stops laughing. And when you do that, by the way, Lucan, you, you get done and it's, you know, everything kind of hurts for a second. What in the world just happened? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I kind of feel good. I feel like a lot of stress was relieved, you know, but we just they, fought. Well, they hit you with something and you just started laughing uncontrollably. One, one of these days you all have to tell me that punchline. I guess. <laughs> when I find out, I'll let you know. It was a tickle me arrow. Relop, have you seen those before? What are they? I haven't encountered them directly, but they're called TFR, I believe is how we used to call them. Yeah, they're troublesome. Are they from here, or are they from the Feywild or something? Ah, that's a good question. I think they're Fey-touched. I don't know if... Would I know that, Mark? You think that they're from the Fae. I mean, it might have been boogie monster stories where they come from the Fae to attack you or something. All right. But that, but that sounds right. So I show up Lucan up and then pick up her sword that's still glowing and said, we're going to figure out in about a minute. Yeah, I think they should still be banished to the Feywild, but I'm not certain. So we'll start getting spells ready. Hey, because otherwise the idea is that they just go back to their own place, right? If they're not native to our plane, if gotcha. I hold the management for a minute, they disappear to the Feywild in a random yep. location. Yep. Gotcha. So she's so going to sword out and wait. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting, and you've, you know, you've done this enough times where you kind of have feel like you have a good feel for when that time will be. And just as you're waiting for them to appear or not, the one that had sputtered off kind of flutters back down into the group for a second. Like it kind of startles everybody. And she's clearly going for something. She's coming down. She came back for something. So she's going to reach. Do you, you guys want to roll initiative? You want to let her to grab it? Oh, uh, I'm shooting her. Roll initiative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead and roll initiative. We'll just see who can go. mess with her first. All right, 21. Mm. What do you want to do? I'm going to go ahead and cast a Scorching Ray at fourth level. 17 and 20. 16 and 30. 16. All of them hit. Don't let me do very many corkscrews anymore. You're getting better at that. (laughs) He's dialing it in. (laughs) I'm finding my range. 36. All right. So, bam, bam, bam. These these just drill into her. And she popped down and bared her teeth at you. And as these hit her, she kind of jumps back. And it's it's like sparks are coming off of her or something. And she just flutters up and gets the heck out of there. Like, so you scorch her and she does run again. But it was clear that she was going for something, laying next to one of those bodies of the goblins. Probably check that out. Does my banishment drop? Yeah. Yep. Nothing comes back. Okay. I think they're gone. Well, that was crazy. What were they looking for? Let's go take a look. Hopefully some coin, maybe some steel. Probably just a heart or a liver. (laughs) I'm going to sit down and start ritual casting detect magic just to be on the safe side. I'll search the area, and I'm assuming Hulk will roll much better for me for doing the (laughs) same. Relop, let me save you some time. She'll pull out the core and cast detect magic, look through the core. 
So there's a bag there that is, you assume that that's what she was going for. It's kind of smaller than what the goblins have. You know, goblins have their own stuff. Something about the way that the stitching is, it looked similar to the artistry of the bows they were using. And it just, it just kind of looks like a little fairy bag. You know, there's something about it that seems appropriate to their kind. In the bag, you find a handful of things and it does have an aura to it you know with not the bag itself but that inside the bag there's a glow that comes from it there's a polished sphere and it's just this little cue ball sized thing um, and when you pick it up it, it actually you can hear kind of a song like an elven song coming from it or at least what you might imagine would be an elven song it just sounds like that kind of thing there's a little bit of elvish i guess involved but it might be i guess there's some sylvan as well it's like a weird mix of things there's also a vial of diamond dust. Just for our purposes, it's 250 gold pieces worth of diamond dust. I'll take that. There is a handful of gold and stuff. And, what, and actually what you notice too, and you know, as people are looking around and that kind of thing, you have to look closely, but, but you realize that there's a little bit of a gold trail here. It's almost like the, the impression you get is that they lured the goblins with gold. And so that's what this bag is doing here. Like they had this bag of gold that they were bringing the goblins their direction somehow. But there is 2,250 gold pieces. There's actually 900 platinum pieces. And there are also five yellow sapphires that are worth 1,000 gold pieces each. Dude. So the sphere has a bit of a magic aura to it. And there is a little skull, a little bird skull, but it has these little antlers and it is kind of coated in mithril. Not the antlers themselves, but the skull itself is co covered in mithril. And there are some runes etched into it. And that has a little bit of a, maybe a conjuration kind of aura to it. Both, they don't give off, you know, strong auras like they're anything crazy, but there's definitely some sort of enchantment going on with these two things. The, the sphere and the skull. Relap, would you like to take a look at these? Yeah, give me about 20 minutes and I cast Identify them both. Okay. While you're doing that, too, you know, the, there's, again, there's these bodies laying around of the bugbear and the goblins. Anybody looking around at them? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look around. Do you want investigation or perception roll? How about investigation? And I'll keep using the earth core to see if okay. there's any else magic glowing anywhere. Sure. I got a 27 on that. So, you know, you find the bugbear has some sort of claw, big, sort of big claw on a string necklace. There's like a, on one of the goblins, there's a pouch of what looked to be finger bones. And there's some sort of bone fragment inlaid with runes. And, you know, as you find these little things, Zan's looking through the earth core and you sort of look up and, you know, nothing's pinging magically as far as that goes. But you do find one of the goblins seems to have been a female and she has a big platinum hairpin. It must have been something she picked up somewhere else because it doesn't look of, of goblin make. It's just not magical, but it's platinum and it's probably worth about 75 gold pieces. It also make for like a quick dirk if he needed one. He'd use it as a weapon on the fly. I think it matches your eyes, Hulk. Yeah, but the aesthetic, it's just, nah. You have none, you'll be fine. 
Hulk, you also, because you're looking around and you're Mr. Perceptive, notice on the, one of the tree trunks, you know, because it's like they're sort of set up like they're buildings or something. There's a door that seems to be hidden along one of the trunks. It's a, you know, a secret door. You notice there's a little bit of a shadow coming off of one side and you can see where the outline of the door is. Huh. Hey, guys, you want to check this out? I'll spin with the earth core towards that door. Nothing magical just coming off of it. Relop, you get done kind of looking at these two things. One of them, it's really not much more than a trinket, the sphere. It basically sings songs when you hold it to your ear. So it's sort of like a little enchanted music box. It does little little elven songs. The skull is actually, you realize, a tuning fork. Much like the one that Zan has, although that one was for the Shadowfell, this one is for the Feywild. And you also actually realize, too, that while you're looking at it closely, you see one of those little birds with the, with the antlers sort of jump in and out of existence. And then you look down at the skull and you're like, aww. <laughs> do I recognize those creatures, the birds with the antlers? Go ahead and roll a nature check. Oh, no, I don't. Nope. They're neat little birds. <laughs> it's a jackalope. They're fun little guys. Yeah. 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 All right. Relapse standing there looking at this little mithril skull with antlers on it and a beak. That looks like those birds up there at the tree. Yeah, I haven't encountered one of these before. It's interesting. This one's attuned to the Feywild, similar to the uh, tuning fork that you had made there. I could use this to plane shift us to the Feywild? Yeah. Yeah, that should work for getting into the uh, Feywild, so far as I can tell. Well, we won't bother trying with that until we need to, but do you want to hold on to it? Sure. I don't really have a use for it, but uh, yeah, I I can hold on to it. That's fine. And that silver ball thing? Just some random bauble. It uh, plays nice music, though. Alright. Like for the gold? Are we moving through this door, or are we continuing onward? I really need to know what's beyond the door. I what have if, to know. What if it's where these goblins are hiding and there's more of them? Well, then it we're sounds- doing the elves a favor by clearing them out. Exactly. Also, sounds fun. Alright. Let's be ready. All right. Let's start checking out this door. Make sure we're not going to have any traps or any sort of locking mechanism. Or uh, It seems to you like it is locked. You find what seems look it looks like a locking mechanism to you. Okay. I check for any sort of trap mechanism. Investigation roll comes up as a 25. Yeah, you don't think it's trapped. You just think that it is a well-hidden locking mechanism, and so you think you okay. could just, it's, you know, a mechanical pick-lock sort of thing. Okay, thieves' tools, my decks. We have 34. Ooh. All right. It's actually a pretty elaborate lock, but you make short work of it, and when you turn it, it kind of makes some noise, and you you think it has been locked for a very long time. You know, it's 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 um, possibly gotten some water in it. It's a little bit rusty, and it just kind of like has this grinding feel to it as you turn it. The door opens up to a circular room, and the hollowed out insides of this of this large tree. It's probably ten by ten. You know, these are gigantic trees. And in the center of it is a golden statue. 
It's got cobwebs just hanging from it everywhere. For a second, you're a little concerned because there's so many webs in the room, but you know, you can see just little harmless spiders. And the statue itself is two elven figures wrapped up with each other in dance. You know, there's a lot of movement to it. It's actually, if you were interested in sculpture, it's a pretty seriously well done sculpture in the sense that it just has this really cool arch and movement to it uh, between these two figures. There are niches along the walls all around, but it seems that the centerpiece of this room is the statue. There are also some etchings in the walls in between the different niches. It's written in Elven. And then there's also a few other frescoes, your little pictures uh, along with them that also kind of seem to involve dancing elves. Hmm. I'm going to go kind of scope it out a little bit closer. Is there like hallways or doorways or anything else? No, it seems that this is a, you're not, you know, initially seeing any like other doorways or like stairs down or anything like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud now. It's like, I wonder if this is like some place of religious significance to them. What does anyone else think of this? Why would the elves abandon this? They're dead. They were forced out. The city was ransacked. Uh, I mean, it's a n- any number of things could have chased them out and then, you know, they just forgot about it. This was all for nothing? No. Oh, I imagine they probably are at a different location is probably still on the outskirts. The other thing is, is we don't know what we'll find if we continue to look around. We just know that the answer is here. It didn't necessarily lie with the elves, did it? Besides, I highly doubt your god would have led you so far astray. Zaya's just kind of looking a little bit dejected, but she'll just nod to what you're saying and attempting to help you guys look around. Especially if there's anything in Elvish that she can read. Something that would signify what this room is and what it was used for. Yeah. The first stuff you start reading is, it's like adages, talking about largely revolving around beauty and peace. And again, it deals largely with these. She's reading off all the words to people and pointing to what they say. This stuff is also beautiful and peaceful, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You do also find a spot, one of the scrawlings on the wall which seems to be a little bit more outlined than the rest. You know, there's a little bit more care taken to the way it's written, but it says, they who play an elven tune are blessed with elven grace. Hey, play that silly bobble Relop got. Put it next to the statues or something. I'll start waving it around the room. Anything happen? Uh, nothing, nothing seems to happen. There are a few sort of cabinets and along the niches. Assuming people would want to look through some things. Sure. You find a large gold music box. Doesn't seem to work. It's it's been damaged in some way. It is very elaborate. And if you pick it up, it's much heavier than you thought it would be. If you were to repair it, it literally would probably catch you like 2,500 gold. Like it is a serious piece of luxury, basically. Yeah, Zan's definitely looking over this thing. Can I cast Mending? Sure. All right. Yeah, maybe that'll be the trick. Takes nothing, so... Yeah, kind of put your hand over it, really, because it's mostly gold, but obviously the inner workings would probably... I don't want to make a lot of things like that out of gold, so it's kind of rusted up on the inside, even Mm. though the outside is so elaborate. And when you do that, 
a wheel that you turn at the bottom the wheels certainly like it's suddenly like oh click 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 oh this is gonna work is there like a key or something that makes it play kind of like a key it's it's basically set up like a little wheel you turn the wheel so van will look around to everybody and then turn the wheel so you play the song and it kind of it's louder than you think it's going to be fills the room and the room must be designed for this you know it resonates throughout the room and it's really cool it sounds like you're in a church even though it's this kind of relatively small space some of the figures on the wall start magically dancing around whatever enchantments they have and it's kind of cool to sort of see them spin through and when they do that they get done they turn and pause and bow towards you and then sort of shift up and put themselves back into place exactly where they had started and zan for the next 24 hours you have advantage on all charisma saving throws and charisma based skill checks jeez Mm. okay there's one more cabinet that as you kind of skim through and there is a because I'm assuming we're looking pretty closely here. This is kind of our lead at this point. And Holg, really without even looking too hard, you see that there's kind of a false bottom to it and check for traps and that. And when you slide this little piece of wood, wood out of your way, there's a journal inside. It's not horribly huge or anything. It's just kind of a little leather journal. It's aged. It's like fallen apart as you pick it up. But when you take a look on the inside, it's definitely written in Elven. Turn to Zan. You could read Elven, right? And like yeah, carefully yes. handling it over. You're having like trouble. She's having trouble drawing her eye away from this beautiful music box. But yeah, she'll look over at it. Uh, yes, sure. And she'll hold her hand out. I said it carefully because if it falls apart, I want it to be because she mishandled it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Just- um, it's on the table. We'll go slowly, and she'll just slowly start to open it. Zan, make a religion check. Hmm. I don't get to roll that that often. 22. The front of this is leather book, and it's in terrible condition, but there's kind of a raised symbol in the center of it, and it's almost like you have to feel it more than you can see it mm-hmm. because of the, the bad condition of the book. But there's a hand, open palm, and then there's also in the palm, there's kind of a human figure just like a silhouette and it reminds you of the stories of odium odium was the god of beauty and peace one of the fallen gods so you sort of recognize that this must have been some sort of temple to them which you have to imagine has to be pretty old because as far as you know that you know nobody's really been following him since or her it's one of those gods that it's you can't remember if it if it was male or female they move between Right. And stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, you just get the impression this must be pretty ancient if this is actually a, a temple to Odium. And if you kind of flip through the pages, and I'm assuming people will sort of let you go to it a little bit, you get it's a journal and it's really just, it's like a diary almost of a cleric who used to apparently live here. It's all written in Elven. And the dialect is pretty foreign to you. There's some things that you know, just weird phrases and things that wouldn't be, be something you would use, but you, you it's simple enough to, to make sense of. But it's a diary of, towards the end of it anyway, is it's like longing for this place, Edhalon, in the sense that she has to leave this place, that the queen has overplayed her hand and that Edhalon is going to be rebuilt 
from what you can tell in the same place, but on the Feywild, as a way to escape the Tandrians, but now, more importantly, the Beast and the Hunter. So you just see Zan kind of muttering to herself as she's running her hand over all of this, and she'll stop and look to everybody and say, They are gone, but they are still here, just not in this plane. Hmm. Seems like they're hiding from Rogadag, the hunter, and those Tandrian giants we read about in Princeholm. They took their entire civilization and moved it to the Feywild in this exact location. Well, are we able to travel to the Feywild today? Uh, not today. I was not expecting to have to plane shift. Looks like I might need that skull sooner than you think. I'll go ahead and hand it over. Just gonna smile slightly and hold it for a moment. In the meanwhile, we can certainly look through the rest of the ruins, see if there's anything of value that was left behind. I think they left in a hurry, but I also have no idea what else has taken up residence here. I'm not so worried about that. I'm more worried about just getting to our end game here. I'm sorry, we might have to wait a little longer. If you need to go back, I understand. This is extra steps that we weren't expecting to have to do. So you're not able to shift this over to the Feywild today? Am I understanding that correctly? I wasn't expecting to have to shift planes of existence today, no. I thought the elves were here, we all did. We would have to wait at least eight hours. But in the meantime, if we want to look through what's left here, I'm sure the elves might be grateful for anything that they left here on the material plane when they fled in speed. I mean, Helsinki, can we even go back to uh, Woods Inn if we wanted to? I mean, it doesn't matter where we go to the Feywild from. Does it have to be from here? Wait, what am I talking about? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's the reflection thing, like what we did with the Shadowfell. But I can send us all back to Woods End right now, if you want. We could keep working on the Rebellion there, and then if I could be sent back here, I can shift over to the Feywild myself and still come back to Woods End afterwards. We don't have a means to get back here. That's the problem. You couldn't teleport us back to that ring? And then assume that the Ent is there to like carry us his, over. Seems like that was his purpose. Anybody who came through that mm -hmm. circle, he would carry to that initial spot. And that seems oh, like the front door of Edelon, and I could just shift right there. I wouldn't have to travel any further than that. And he seems very capable of defending himself. I leave it to you all to decide what we want to do. I wait longer. Well, we know whatever those moths were. If things like that exist in the Feywild, it's safe to assume that it's very dangerous there. Are you sure you'd be alright going by yourself? I would have to hope that the elves would be defending their city still. If there were anything dangerous over there, I'm assuming they would rid it from their city. Are we fairly certain that if we just pop in over there that we're not going to be shot on sight? Well, there's that. The other thing, for an right, the flexion at least was uh, poor, to say, the least with the Shadowfell. There's no reason to assume that it would be any better with the Feywild. You mean being in the exact place where I need to be? Right. Like you would want to do it on the ground, and who knows how safe it is if they build in the trees there. Like, it's still a risk. There's a lot of unknowns. This is true, but it's the exact risk I thought we were taking coming here in the first place. I'm still resolved to do this. The gods still say this is good for us to do. Yeah, I agree. I have to hope that through their grace and benevolence, I would be safe in whatever I do. Anyone who wishes to come with me is 
more than welcome to do so. I would be glad for the help, but I also don't want to take you away from the work we're doing in Woods End. Sure. Could we go back to Woods End and check in with Miles? Yes. Who knows? Maybe we would get him looking out for these mercenaries. Do you have teleportation now that you could do? Yeah, I can teleport us back. Uh, There should be a circle under Woods End that I should be able to get us to. I don't understand why we went all this way to turn around and go back, but we can certainly teleport back. I'm out of spells after that, though. I don't need to come back with you. I can stay here and do the shift in eight hours. But if you want to stay back in the city, you are welcome to do so. That's all I'm offering. I don't see any reason for me to have to go back if I'm just going to come back here and shift. Right. I think it'd be a good idea if anybody wants to go back to prep for our return. I would imagine it's not going to be that long of a conversation. I could certainly hope not. I don't know. Maybe it's just too much resources. It just seems silly to sit here and search ruins for something that might be useful. I was just thinking of justifications for you to sit around for eight hours while I prepare for the plane shift, but definitely if there's more important things you should be doing in the city, you should do that. I will save Relop another teleportation spell in the morning by staying here until the shift is ready. If we were to come back to make sure to go to the Feywild, then it doesn't save him the spell, does it? I can message... And I will also be able to bring myself back to the Monsignor's, the Keeper's Temple, in Wood's End at a moment's notice. If things get bad and I get in trouble, I can cast a spell and bring myself right back. That's the flip side of this. If you, I mean, we're assuming that the city is directly on the other side of the gate. There's no proof that they didn't get to the Feywild and march 20 days northwest and they have set up shop there. That wasn't what their plan was, but I'm going off of what this diary says. What they plan and what happens never coincide, so right, I think it's just safer for us all go over there, talk to them, come back. It's a few then, days. It's not going to shift the power in Woods End one way or the other. Right. Fair enough. Then find something to do for eight hours. I'll rest here and prepare, and then we can go. Oh, it's going to start going over like the inlay the the woodworking and even if you can't understand it i'm just gonna start making up stories in my head on what like the imagery means <laughs> you Lucan's, could gonna, Lucan's gonna work out and pray <laughs> <laughs> doing some holy squats i will take the short rest long for everybody and i'll do that by uh just praying this isn't short rest this is long rest this is eight hours yeah well, I'm doing a short rest at this time. <laughs> okay. So when that hour is done, what are you doing with the other seven? Great question. Let's go. <laughs> let's go see if we can find some gnolls to squash. Drop down at them from 100 feet. For one thing, you probably have a pretty secure place since nobody's been in that temple for who knows how long. Yeah, Zan was planning to stay in this room. She wasn't going anywhere. She'll keep reading the diary. Lucan will stay with Zan the whole time. Watch out for her. Lucan's doing chin-ups on the statue. Grab the yeah. dancer's arm, doing mm-hmm. chin-ups. And he keeps thinking, God, Zan looks really good. I don't know why, but man. <laughs> <laughs> don't have those thoughts, Lucan. Don't have those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> You're a creepy perv. She has advantage for 24 hours. Do you know how? I mean, come on. <laughs> Two more chin-ups, bud. <laughs> 
Merc will go out. So we knew we knew the direction that the goblins were going. Mm-hmm. He wants to go back the way they came from to see if we can find a way to the forest floor that maybe won't get us killed. Gotcha. Trying to figure out where they appeared from. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you work your way back and find the spot where you were dropped off. And there's, you know, that was just the one walkway at that point. But you're kind of thinking like they they have to come up here somewhere. So when you go back to the first spot where you found that things were broken through, there's spikes kind of on the trees below. So they must have spiked their way and kind of climbed up one of the trees and sort of broken their way through. Well, not, not specifically there, but they found that spot where it was already broken and they must have snuck their way up that way. I guess that lumberjack method of taking a rope and wrapping around the tree wouldn't work for these big guys. Yeah, no, but they did leave the spikes, so that would at least give you an option. You know, you'd have to make athletic checks, but it would be an option. Hmm. Okay, I'll go scout back out the other way just to see where maybe I could figure out where they were headed or if they were just poking around and we just happened to follow them. You actually find a few coins along the way, too, that you you know, had sort of been shuffled aside and, and unbelievably hadn't noticed. And so, again, you come to the conclusion that they had been lured there with gold. It would work for most, I suppose. I'll go back to the uh, temple. All right. I don't know how safe it would be to shift where we're at to the Feywild. There is a way down that the goblins came up from. You know, just a few minor climbing jacks. Maybe if uh, Lucan doesn't wear himself completely out with those chin-ups. Just a few, you know, skill checks. Nothing too bad for DC. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll have to rope. Well, if, as long as he doesn't wear himself out doing chin-ups, we'll be fine. He can just lower us down. You do know that I can get us all to the ground safely. Without using a spell. We can get down. Um, Okay. <laughs> keep your resources for the Feywild I imagine we're going to need it this spell is barely a resource <laughs> it's first level there's not a whole lot less resources and there's probably not a lot down there to go off of I have a feeling these are probably just the scavengers picking you know, what the scraps they can find off the bones of another civilization Right, but when we travel to the Feywild, there's nothing to say that this building will be there. We might just be suddenly find ourselves a hundred feet up in the air. Which can be alleviated with a single spell. (laughs) I feel like Relop really wants to cast Featherfall, so we'll just do whatever the hell we want. (laughs) It's not that I do, I'm just saying. It's a lot safer than all of us tying to each other and trying to climb down. So Zan, while you're sitting in the temple you know you never you said you were going to kind of stay in there but as you Mm -hmm. sit you do have one of those weird feelings of you know it's nothing that you have to make a roll for or anything like that but like definitely the earthic core is drawn somewhere you get a you know you get a sensation of a direction you think it's in the direction of that mountain that you saw you saw just the tip of a mountain kind of northeast from where you are. How far away is it? You know, from the glimpse that you got, it's hard to say, but it's probably 50 miles to the base of that mountain. You know, it's, it's because it's just this mountain that must jut up from the forest somewhere. You're just seeing the tip of it, so you're pretty far away. She's going to pull out her own journal that she uses, and she's going to start writing some information down about that. 
she always wanted to get an idea of where she was supposed to be going, and that's probably the most specific direction she's ever gotten to know where this thing wants to be. And she's going to start formulating a plan of what she wants to do to go that direction at some point in the future when things are a little bit calmer. She'll bring the Earth Core out and put it on the table next to where she's doing the diary reading mm-hmm. and just have her hand on it and see whether it, like, does it speak to her? Is there any, is it showing images? Like, she wants no, to. No, it's, it's really, it's really just a feeling, almost like a need. Like, you, you know, that's how it feels anyway. Like, you feel like you need to go there or that like, you, you would be somehow complete yourself, fill some sort of hole if you went that direction. Again, just making a note of it, and I want to have record of where she's going to plan to go from where she's currently sitting. But not right now. All right. So everybody kind of get some rest since you got eight hours to burn. I have prepped my spells and everything. So everybody gets a little bit of rest, kind of use the temple as a domicile as you're spending that time. And those of you that are saying prayers and kind of prepping up, about the time you'd be ready to cast that spell again, we are just getting to twilight sun's going down the lights like i said a little better up here but you can see that it's definitely getting dark and bars of light from the sun start to dissipate and kind of get replaced by starlight and a pretty full moon tonight is everyone ready about as ready as i'm going to be i guess no ready or not all right she's going to pull out the little platinum skull with the antlers of the bird. She's going to prepare the spell incantations that she needs. She's going to re-pull back out the, uh, the music box that she had from before. She's going to turn the wheel again, <laughs> let it play through, and hopefully bestow the boon again. And then she will put it away because she doesn't know if she's ever going to come back to this temple. She wanted to see it one more time. Sure. And it's very, very pretty, and it goes through, but it does not give you the boon again. That's fine. She just wanted to see it one more time, oh. just in case. Still still got, you know, a good 16 hours of it. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see if it would work. All right, here we go. And then she'll ring the tuning fork skull against her sword as we are all joining hands to reverberate through the planes. Yeah, these little antlers make a lot more sound than they should. Something to the enchantments that the, whoever put on it, possibly these little fairy creatures. Everything just almost looks like waves. You know, the image of the platform you're on, the trees around you, the stars above. Everything shimmers like you're looking through a wave at it. And the lights get more intense for just a second. And then most of you are feeling a dropping sensation. I'm going to go ahead and cast Featherfall. Oh, you said most. <laughs> Lucan, you are on the crook of a tree. Where you are, you can see. So everybody else sort of floats away from you. But you can see from where you are that there is a platform within sight. It's probably, if you were going to walk from the ground, it's probably going to be something like a half hour walk because of the fact that it's a dense forest down there and it would slow you down a little bit but you can see it from where you are. Everybody else, you are floating down to the ground. And Lucan, I think you would know at this point too that if you let yourself, you'll also float, but you better do it soon. 
Okay, Lucan will jump down as he's floating. He'll say, I saw a platform up ahead. It'll be a bit of a walk, but only about a half an hour or so. Keep an eye on the direction. What direction? Ow! <laughs> as you're floating down, a couple of hummingbirds, not the fairies, but, you know, actual hummingbirds come up and check you out. You know, because like, you're floating pretty slowly and they're just coming down with you and then dart away. Lucan giggles at him. There he goes again. He's still got the spell. <laughs> ah! All right, everybody hits the ground. There are, at this point, too, once you get towards the bottom, they're not up in the trees, but there are fireflies moving around. They are, they seem to be bigger than what you're used to. Your interaction in the Feywild previously, you know, I think you've seen like bees that are a little bigger than normal and things, and that kind of seems to be the case here with the fireflies. They're just a little larger than what you're used to seeing but you've got kind of a blanket of fireflies around your level once you land. Is it nighttime here as well? It's twilight, so it's it looks almost like you went back in time, in a sense, because it had legitimately gotten dark by the time you cast the spell, and now it looks like the sun is still going down here. Well, I guess we should continue on. I don't really like the idea of hanging out here after dark. Be incredibly careful. Most of these creatures are either bizarre or dangerous, or both. The trees themselves don't look very different. You know, it's all very primordial, really thick trunked trees. And, you know, you walk a little bit and you do hear some rustling here and there as animals are moving around. And you just get to the point, you know, Lucan is kind of pointing out where the where he thinks that platform was that he saw. And just as it's kind of coming into view, and most of you can at least agree that that looks probably like a platform, rustling occurs next to you, and two figures in armor on large deer, Aras, I think we called them, were, were the, you know, that you saw the Dearborn on. They're mounted knights, basically, in this green armor. They have antlers on their helmets. You can't really see their faces. And in Elven, they say, stop where you are, put down your weapons. And the voice is actually kind of a gravelly female voice. Wasn't exactly what you expected because of the, you know, you just can't tell. It's just armored figures. Lucan puts his weapons down, puts his hands up and says, yes, we will drop our weapons. And then he kind of looks at the group. Zan will follow suit, but then she'll ask, Are you from Edhalon? I'm assuming this is all in Elven, so yep. we're giving it everybody is. pretty yep. looks. It is. <laughs> and we're just leading the group by dropping weapons and holding hands up. There's kind of a long pause, and she says, Where do you hail from? Where you hailed from before, on the material. Is there anyone chasing you, following you, tracking you? She'll kind of look around to everybody in the group a little bit and she'll pull out her necklace to show that she has this anti-scrying necklace on. This protects me from tracking, but one of us is hunted, but far away. They would not be able to follow us here. The other one gets off of their horse and comes over and starts. You see that they're both, they're not actually holding weapons out, right? But they've got their hands on their hilts and she speaks as well. Again, you weren't, you really didn't know whether it was a man or a woman in there, but they both have these deep, gravelly female voices. 
She says, if you're willing to come with us, we will take you into the city. You are not allowed to have your weapons until it has been deemed safe. Our aim is to speak to your queen. The other one from Deerback says, what do you offer the queen? I'm not certain what she requires, but I know what we do. We need magics to heal wounds that will not close by other means. The Lord of Night has returned to the material and is hurting people. Is everybody putting their weapons down? No. Nobody said anything to them directly. It's all Lucan been Lucan <laughs> turns and says they've asked to put down our weapons. No. Or gas. Listen, I will just stay here if it's all the same, if that's what it takes. We're here to make a deal, and that's that. I've told them as much. I'm waiting for their response, but they want to clear us before they give us our weapons back in the city. They're taking us where we need to go. They're just not going to take us armed. Well, I don't trust them. And why should I? The ones that's still on the deer pulls her helmet off. Antlered green plate helm. Just kind of slightly orange skin. You know, we've seen that with that other elf. And her hair is kind of a honey color. And she's actually very striking. I mean, it might sound kind of strange with the coloring, but, you know, you're sort of taken aback, you know, when she takes this helmet off. And her voice doesn't quite sound as gravelly. There's something about the helmets, right? And she says to Merc, specifically, she bores in on you with these green eyes, and she says... You're not going to want to stay out here. That is probably the biggest favor I could give you. So follow our procedures, please. Turn in your I'll weapon. tell you what. They will I'll be just... returned. Is this being I... said in common now, then? Yeah. She, yep. Okay. Sorry. She switched to common. Yep. Okay. Hulk is like, I guess if you've got some sort of check system, so I'm not leaving my stuff out here, I don't really have much of an option. So, sure. Merc just uh, stares at her for a minute. Why should I trust you? She says, I am Lady Lullaby Evan. I am the leader of the Calacon, the Green Knights, if you will. And we don't have any room to lose honor. We need all that we can keep. He kind of just like rolls his eyes a little bit and says, fine, we'll play by your rules. Uh, as Hogs like disarming, I am going to... Take extra care to make sure that, like, I'm not flashing Toreador's malice around, since apparently some people believe this might be, like, a dark weapon. I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to that particular blade. Okay. You're still laying it down. You're just trying to be... Uh, I'm laying them down, but I'm, like, going to wrap them, like, in a cloak so that they're all one bundle. One in front of you starts to collect them, kind of stops and like, if you, if it seems like you're standing a little close to it, she'll sort of look up at you. She's still got her helmet on, you know, but she sort of looks up at you and just pauses until you back up a little and then continues to collect. She ties them all into a bundle. Anybody abstaining from putting their weapons down? I am not. Are they eyeballing my uh, staff at all? Yeah, they want the staff. All right, I didn't put it in. Okay. Do they try to take the knife for me? You know, they don't actually. They don't, they're not, they don't seem to be worried about your knife. They just want the weapons of war. Feel a little better about that, I think. But yeah, I'll lay, uh, lay everything down except for the knife. All right. So they bundle it up. She ties it up on the side of, the, of her mount. And they turn and 
start walking off and if you don't start moving they kind of look back at you and <laughs> let's do this we'll and so you've got these backsides of these hinds headed away from you and as you walk you recognize that they are kind of clearing a little bit of a path they've got some sort of magics in which this place is very tangled you know it would be rough terrain wherever you went it would always kind of slow you down at least in this spot and in fact in some places as you walk the tendrils seem to reach for you you know the vegetation almost seems like it's like it's got a mind of its own but as they move through with these deer the path opens for you they it's nothing huge it's not you know this giant crazy you know moment where things are all split apart but just this subtle thing where the where the grasses get the heck out of their way and they leave enough of a path to where you can move relatively quickly so um lucan's estimation of you know this, this sort of maybe a half hour away or something was probably correct initially but you get there in you know a good 10-15 minutes to a spot in which there's a tree that has kind of a circular stair that comes around it but it, it, it wasn't there initially when you first walk up it's just a tree and they say something in there in elvish but it's not like a typical word right like it's some sort of uh, password or, or magical term and these little mushrooms just sort of pop out the side of the of the tree the, the stairs appears before you and it's they're big enough for the deer to go up probably but they don't they sort of scamper off the knights take the bundle and their stuff that they you know your your weapons and they lead you up and it just sort of circles around the tree up to a platform similar to what you had previously. The architecture and stuff looks similar to what you dealt with in the material plane. It's clearly made by similar, you know, by the same people, but this is a bustling place. There are people moving back and forth, elves of different colors. Some of them have stark white skin. Some of them have green skin. You've already seen some with orange skin. Some of them just look almost like Xan. They don't all have the extreme coloring. The whole place is lit up with little paper balls that have fireflies in them. And they start walking you through this piazza in which there's a lot of people doing business still here late at night, just kind of a little market. And they walk you a little further and it actually comes into what seems to be a garden which is funny because we're, you know, at this point you're a hundred feet up, but there's this garden that has been built into the trees, and there's again merchants selling their wares. Lucan's and, soaking it all in. He thinks it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Same. And there are certainly you get the impression very quickly that these are people of note, or at least the order is. You know, she said her name was Lullaby Evan, and she was the leader of the Cal Akan, the Green Knights. And it's clear that they have a place of authority here. Lots of trees are used as buildings. You can see these hollowed out trees, some with doors, some that just you walk through. It's not unlike the ruins that you looked at previously. But you come up to one, it's basically set up like a doorway. It's carved out. There's a big archway in the door and it's very elaborately carved. And it's almost like this big dome of leaves and vines that have is in front of you. 
And they turn to you, these two knights, and Lady Lullaby Evan says, we're going to go into the court of Artara, the queen. Is there anything you want to tell us before we do that so that it ends with us being friends? What would you need to know? We would need to know if there's any untruthfulness to what you say, any malintentions. I'm basically giving you your last chance to let us know if there's something we need to enter this space if you haven't been forthright. Look, we got people who have been injured and we're just trying to get them healed. If we need to speak to the queen to do that, so be it. The one that's still helmeted says, you don't get to be here if the queen decides that you're not going to be here. Lullaby puts her hand on the other one, on the helmeted knight, and says, to you, that sounds like a noble venture. Or in front of you, the between this, this sort of archway of a trunk, the vines and leaves that create this dome sort of part. It's almost like bars sliding across, and there's music coming from the inside. It's actually celestial. Really? And there's a great bit of light in this case. There are little nobules of light that grow from these vines all all around this place so it's lit up kind of like a you know christmas lights or something and it's just done through whatever this plant is that they're growing and they step you through and there are more knights like them with this green plate armor and there are lots of different elves in here many of them look to be very well dressed sort of beautiful shockingly you know you've got this warrior that took her helmet off and everybody was sort of shocked by it and, and like this room is full of that at the far end of the dome is a throne it's elevated and there are many people in that area knights and robed figures and there is a green-skinned woman sitting at the throne and she stands up as she, as you enter almost as though she's been somehow told that you're coming. She's elven. She is very shapely. I don't know if this is an appropriate way to say it, but she's like sort of voluptuous, this sort of shapely woman. And you realize as you start to, you know, they continue to walk you forward. She looks very pregnant. This green skinned elf looks like she could have a baby at any moment. Most of her clothing looks as though it's formed out of flowers and woven out of plants, basically. And she does have a staff that has flowers growing from it. And in fact, one of the flowers is withering while another one is blooming. And in Elven, she says, visitors, we don't get many visitors in Edhelon. And the lady, Lullaby Evan, says excuse us we were on patrol and we run it ran into these people they say that they have issues with knock and people just stop and stare they're shocked that she would say that in front of the court and she says knock that is correct problems with knock here he has, re he has returned in the material world and i am a material girl <laughs> had to do that yeah that was the punchline uh, scene yeah hold <laughs> punch, punch lucan in the back of the head <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That'd be like an amazing like end of episode. And I'm material. <laughs> we were sent here by Lucian. We were told you could help us. In fact, we were told you can help a lot of people. Sorry, I'm just a country bumpkin. I don't speak the language of the country I came to visit. Could we perhaps change the main language so the rest of us can be included? You speak the halfling speak. Half what? Speak gnomish. As I uh, change to that. Or, no, wait. You're talking about the, the common language. What you're speaking now. It's the language of all now. Hmm. We have just come from where you had lived many years before. I found the temple of beauty and love. And she'll reach into her satchel and pull out the diary. I found a journal of one of your clerics who said you were leaving because of the hunter, the beast, and the Tandrian giants. Lucian gave me the power to come here to ask for your aid in the healing magics that will help us reverse what Nock is doing to our people. Do you have this knowledge? She says, I had heard that Lucian had made a name for himself. I'm glad to hear he's doing well. And she smiles and she kind of looks sad almost. Will you tell me, how did you find Edhilon? We found markings in the back of a book. It allowed us to teleport there. A tree guardian brought us to your village platforms. A couple of her advisors go wide-eyed at that. And one of them says, Silma. I believe he said his name was Blackbark. One of them says, it's a male elf. He's got stark white skin. And he's wearing robes, kind of a gray that, that looks looks darker than it should against his skin. And he says, in, in actually in Elven, to Zan, do you have the Isilma? She'll nod. And when you do that, they, again, these two, there's two men in robes, and they look at each other. And the queen says, if you were kind enough to return that book to us, I'm certain that we could help you in what you need to do. I'm no fan of Nock, and I certainly would be willing to see what we could do. But you see, that sigil that you used is very specific. So when that sentinel awoke, it was because of that book. And if you would be willing to return it to its proper people, we would very much be in debt to you. Zan will nod. I'm assuming that was all in Elvish or just the one guy was? No, no, no. He was in Elvish, but she was in common. Okay. So she'll yep. turn to Relop. Do you still have it? Pretty sure I've got it floating around in here somewhere. Do you have everything you need out of it? Reach down in there and pull it out. When you pull it out, it just completely almost flares up in light. When Zan would go near it, it would light up a little bit because of her elven blood. As soon as it gets brought out in this room full of elves, it completely lights up. And the whole, everybody just sort of gasps. So Zan will reach for the book and take it. And kind of under her breath, she'll say, whatever you need, Relop, to make up for this, I'll, I'll pay it. And she'll just kind of nod and turn towards the rest of the elves and hold it forward with the front elven emblem facing towards them and offer it in supplication. 
the white-skinned elf steps forward and takes it and holds it like it's the most precious thing he ever had you know just holds it to his chest and almost like turns his shoulder to you afterwards you know like he's protecting it and she says explain to me what you need knock has empowered people to wound mortals on our side the wounds will not close with divine magic but we've heard stories that your society may have ways of sealing these wounds and healing these people to raise them up off their beds and force them into the battle against Nock. My knight was correct. It's a noble cause. She says we have access to pools, pools that when one is bathed in such things, it will heal the incurable. The one concern that I would point out is that you are not typically able to transport such water. And you're certainly not going to be able to bring an army to the pools. But there's an item which is conveniently in one of those pools that I think would help. I have a baker's dozen of jugs just sitting around. Do we need a... <laughs> how much water do we need here? Not a matter of the how much you need. It's a matter of needing the proper container. Because the enchantment from the pools doesn't typically leave the pools. What are we looking for? There's a specific series of pools. We call them the pools of Nenelig. Nenelig is a water snake. Kind of looks for the word in common. Long ago, he killed one of his druid masters. The only person to have been able to create a jug could carry such water. And it is said that the jug itself didn't just carry, you know, water in the sense that, you know, a jug's worth of water... It was, um, what did they say? And she sort of turns to the stark white-skinned elf, and he says, they called it a quarter pond. She says, yes, yes, a quarter pond. The jug is said to be at the bottom of Nenelug's pool. I have been forbidden to interfere with Nenelug, but if you were to go to that pool, take care of the snake, you should be able to take his jug. It's possible, in fact, that it's in the snake. Because as I said, he did kill his druid master. Why are you forbidden from doing anything about this? She kind of pauses for a while, then she smirks a little bit, and she just says, It's a long story. Could any of your fighters, warriors, help us with this? They are an extension of me. I think that the gods think that it needs to be you. I'm fine with that. Can I just have my sword back and point me in the direction? <laughs> we could, however, transport you there. In fact, I would send Lady Evan and Lady Witherin here, nodding to the two that brought you in to transport you that direction. But I would not allow them to intervene in your fight against Nenelug. For the sake of all of the injured on our side, we will do it. You have access to our town while you're here. And again, they're completely clamoring over this spell book that you gave them. If you need to equip beforehand, we probably have magics that your Lucian peoples may not have easy access to. Lady Witherin kind of rolls them out in front of you. And Holg, the uh, Torridor's Malice, like really takes a center stage when she does that. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, gee, how'd that get there? <laughs> May I ask one final question? She doesn't actually say anything, but she looks at you and waiting for it. She'll reach into her satchel and pull out the dwarven brooch. This led us to you. Can you tell me what it is? Hmm. Kind of peers at it and she says, I had been informed that the shrines had been opened again. A long time ago, that place served as an outpost for our people, and it was a place of diplomacy between us and our friends, the dwarves, to the west. And your little artifact there was a simple symbol to show friendship in a time very far away from where we are today. Sam will just nod and then regard it for a moment and then put it away. She kind of goes to sit, you know, this this pregnant figure of hers, you know, she or you see her sort of grab her belly and use the staff to help her hoist herself down, kind of sits back on the throne. The throne is largely, you know, looks like it's made of leaves and, and twigs and such, you know, kind of a living thing. You do also notice, though, too, once she sits down, she kind of reaches over and she pulls a dragon skin over her, kind of covers herself up with a blanket on her lower half, and it is a white color. For a moment when she stumbled, Zan kind of instinctively went to help her and then stopped and realized that she probably shouldn't touch her. You get a very strange vibe from this woman, right? Like there's something very otherworldly of her, beautiful and scary at the same time. Put them up with Asha in the Huntsman. I'm sure she'll have a room. You're welcome to stay as long as you need to complete your task. Again, feel free to spend some gold here. Set yourself up. We do have a school of ring craft. So if you go to the vacant page, if you're interested in any enchanted rings, you've probably come to the right place. We'll take our leave. Thank you for everything. And she'll bow incredibly deeply with a flourish. I'll go uh, gather his things, put them in place, and try to imitate the bow as much as possible. <laughs> Roll a performance. Oh, yeah. That'll be rough. <laughs> Just to get a feel for it. Oh, that's going to be real bad. Oh, yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> that would be a two. All right. It's as awkward as we were, we were thinking it would be. All right. Yeah. I'm just... She's insulted and you're ordered murdered. Yeah. I, like bow and a bunch of stuff like falls out of my pockets and Tordor's malice like, comes out of the scrape. Yeah, Tordor's yeah. malice just falls in front of me. It's like, Bangs. <laughs> Starts pulsing infernally. In- immediately see she that knock, 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 knock. All right. So we'll follow the guards out. Yep. They they walk you out these two knights and they bring you to ta- it's actually a tavern. They don't really have a, a real inn, but this tavern has a couple of rooms for the people that need it at the, in the middle of the night. And so they set you up in a couple of rooms in the back. She said it's called the Huntsman. The woman who runs it is named Asha. She is a tough-looking woman. She effectively, when you walk up and they kind of introduce you know, the fact that they're bringing people to stay, she looks very suspicious of that. But it's clear that she's going to do what these knights tell her to do. And so she's not rude to you or anything like that, but you you, you kind of get the impression that she preferred that you weren't there. But she's, you know, going to set things up for you. At the very least, you'll have a place to stay while you're here. Zan will ask Lady Lullaby a question while we're getting set up. 
this battle with the water snake, I assume this will be completely underwater? If the snake has its way, but you could draw it out, I'm sure. Just trying to think of what we need to purchase to fight this thing. Is there any recommendations of what we should have on hand? She says, in my experience, a good armor and a good weapon. And you look like you have both. It's not weak to anything or has any vulnerability you could take advantage of? She says, I don't know of anything specific that would be of particular damage the snake more than something else. But I do know that you're going to find resistance when it comes to certain elemental spells. Very well. Thank you. It is a water creature, and I think that it is protected in some ways by the spirits of such elements. I understand. Thank you. Will we meet you here in the morning to take us to the pools? Yes, I think that that would be good. Give you a chance to rest, look about the city, and prepare. They both step back, give you a, a bit of a bow, and then leave you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our D4 on the Floor website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com for more great gaming content. That'll be just fine to edit. Thank you for redoing it. I appreciate it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, it's no problem. I, had I blame the writing. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say something, but I thought it would be me. So <laughs> no. Tonight, this... Uh... Recaps, just not doing it, guys. <laughs> Rewrite that, Mark. Oh, it's Mark that wrote that? Oh, no. Uh, oh, me, me. Wow, awkward. Super awkward. <laughs> like, I can't believe I gave them that. Now they can do everything. You idiot. <laughs>